Hello and welcome back to A Reason for Hope. I am your host, Mario Costabile, and I am super excited to be with you here today. And I'm glad that you're joining us now. Array of Hope evangelizes through film, music, and events, and this podcast gives us an outlet to tackle some deeper topics and subjects about our faith. Do we know God? Do we understand Him? Do we trust Him? Do we have a relationship with Him? Would you have liked to have answered yes to all these questions but didn't? Well, this podcast is going to help you today. How many of us are involved in Bible study or even reading the scripture regularly? And after all, it is God speaking to us through sacred scripture. It shows us the story of salvation history, God's love story to us. By reading the Bible, you can see and understand God's voice more clearly. And then you want to learn and understand more. It pulls you in through God's grace. And then you want to share it. You want to share what you learned. Yes, you want to evangelize more naturally. It's not forced because you want to share the love that you've received. As a matter of fact, my New Year's resolution is to read the entire Bible this year. (laughs) That's a tall task. I'm excited about it, though. And uh, I guess I just made it public, so I got to stick to it. Our guest today is Kelly Walquist. She will help us strengthen our faith and grow with our devotion to our Lord in part through Scripture. In particular, she is helping women grow in their relationship with God and uniting them in fellowship with thousands of women, sisters in Christ, and supporting one another. It's truly amazing. So this podcast will be very helpful today. And welcome to A Reason for Hope. And here we go. So, Dave, welcome back to A Reason for Hope. Uh, As you know, there's always a reason for hope. Even though uh, sometimes we don't see the hope, it's always there, right? That's right. Yeah. Jesus is the Lord. Amen. So, how are you doing? Uh, I'm burned out, actually. Uh Yep. Oh, wow. Uh, There's there's a lot going on. A lot going on in the family. Mm. Works at its busiest time. We're getting to the end of the semester. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as a teacher— you're very aware of all the things you wanted to accomplish in the semester that you haven't accomplished. And mm. so you're pressing to get stuff in. And yeah. maybe you're also aware that you didn't plan quite as well as you would have liked to have pro- planned, mm. you know, or should have planned. Um, and, and spiritually, I'm just kind of meh. You know, like I'm uh, I'm just not feeling it. A little dry in my prayer. You know, my prayer itself has been inconsistent. Mm. And uh, while I'm trying to be gentle with myself, um, my tendency is to beat myself up about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so I've got to I've got to try to make some more time for that because I know that when I'm falling off of my prayer time, that everything sort of unravels a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So just kind of feeling it. Yeah. I mean, I could relate. I mean, you know, you're going 100 miles an hour here at Array of Hope. We have a lot of balls in the air. We're launching our channel. We we're you know, we're producing new music. We have a lot of the podcasts. All the work that we're doing here is so exciting. But you can get a little overwhelmed and you can get sort of blinded to, you know, the spiritual component. And you forget that, you know, Jesus is, you know, in control. And uh, at the same time, burnout's a real thing. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful about that. <laughs> it's funny when my, um, when we were growing up, 
my dad had this tendency to kind of like really push the gas uh, tank to its limits. Like when it was on empty for a while, I mean, to the point that my mom would be like, we're going to run out of gas, we're going to run out of gas. And his comment was always like, eh, we're running on fumes. We're running on fumes. It's like, well, I think it's sometimes how we feel. It feels mm. as if like there's maybe not anything left in the gas tank and we're we're just kind of running on fumes. And But that's not a good place to be if we're going to be all that God's calling us to be and do all that God wants us to do. So, so we need to fill up. We need to make sure that we're nourished. Yeah. Um, I think that that a first thing we have to do, and and in all of this, because of how I'm feeling, I'm really just preaching to myself, I guess. But uh, we have to make sure that we nourish our hearts. I think first. So I think we need to honor the Sabbath. Obviously, that means we need to go to mass. But I think it's also important that we make that Sunday a time when we're not working when we're focused on our family, we can be together with our families. I think even when we're home, our tendency is to try to get things done, to try to use Sunday as the day to catch up from all the stuff we didn't get done around the house during mm-hmm. the week because we were working. Yeah. And that's not what it's supposed to be. Mm. And uh, and for me, like it's, it's the relationships within my family that are going to give me nourishment and feed me, spending time with my kids playing games, I always feel better after I make that choice instead mm-hmm. of getting that last thing I had to get done done. Yeah. You know, and Sunday is a time for that. It's, it's set apart by God for that. And I think we need to honor that. Um, trying to get like daily mental prayer. So prayer when I'm just being silent and I'm pouring myself out before the Lord, that I'm taking time for silence. That's, I think, really key. Um because silence is nourishing. And we spend a lot of our time with a lot of noise in our life. And it's easy to get distracted by that. Mm-hmm. And But there's no real peace in that. that, that there's, there's peace when we can sit in the silence and, and when we can make a discipline of that, even if that's awkward at the beginning. Obviously, confession in the Eucharist, Jesus wants to nourish us. He wants to fill us with his grace with himself. Um, and then I think getting together with faithful friends nourishes the heart too. Mm-hmm. So are there people in our life that that when we're when we're in communion with them, when we spend time with them, we just feel refreshed. You know, that we can know we're coming from the same place, we're sharing the same values, the conversation's easy. We can share with them what's going on in our lives and they're gonna offer spiritual support. Mm-hmm. Like like you and Sue are to mm-hmm. to Shannon and, and me. So I think that that's important too. Yeah. So I don't know. We know that we have to nourish our hearts. But I, I also think we need to take care of our bodies. We need to nourish our bodies. So if we're not having, you know, a pretty ordered life with regards to our physical health, I think that we're going to be in trouble too. And that winds up affecting, since we're an integrated person, we are body and soul. Um, if if we're not paying attention to our bodies, yeah. you know, that's going to have its impact too. So we need to make mm-hmm. sure we've, we're eating well and that we're getting... Um, you know, the right amount of exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's just important too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually found a way to do both uh, where I, I've been going on walks and really trying to discipline myself to walk every morning. Uh, Sue joins me occasionally as well. And uh, when I'm walking out there uh, alone, 
uh, it gives me the alone time. So I'm getting my exercise, I'm getting my heart pumping, and it gives me some time to pray and reflect. And uh, so I would definitely recommend that to people uh, because, as you had said and shared, that, you know, we need time alone. We need our brains to rest from the distractions, from what the world is throwing at us constantly, and give, t- you know, give God an opportunity to speak to us. And it only happens in silence, yeah. you know. Yeah, and and I think our tendency is even when we're exercising, we got to have our AirPods in. We got to be cranking the mm. tunes, and and that I would just challenge people. Well, that's really great. Maybe you're listening to uplifting music; it's edifying, or you're listening to a podcast like this one that's yeah. helpful. I would challenge people to to make some of that exercise time, especially if you're going on a walk. Yeah, when you don't have those your AirPods in, mm-hmm. and you're trying to just listen to the the birds chirping or the the sound of the wind blowing in the trees, mm-hmm. because you'd be surprised how how nourishing that can be, you know. And then, of course, we have to have rest and just time for doing things that are recreational. I mean, recreation is supposed to be a recreation. It's supposed to make us feel renewed, right? right? So, mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, I think there's another aspect here um, of being able to to be who God's calling us to be and to do what God's calling us to do. Um, And that is connected to the title of our podcast, A Reason for Hope. You know, it says in in the first letter of St. Peter that we should always be ready with a reason for the hope that's within us. And Jesus commands us to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all he's commanded. How can we do that if we don't know our faith? You know, Jesus tells us to love the Lord our God with all our minds. Mm. Now, that's interesting because the word mind is not in the text from the Old Testament that Jesus is quoting. So this is Jesus' own addition to that point. He's paraphrasing the Old Testament. Well, well, (laughs) or or he's like— He's creating— Or he's adding something to it, you know, that that is is not part of it that is important. And that is the importance of nourishing our minds, of of learning about the teachings of the church, of learning about what our faith believes Mm. and uh, and why we believe it. And so are we reading good spiritual— Books? Are we, you know, reading the catechism? Are we praying with the scriptures? If uh, if we're not going to read the scriptures, are we listening to them? You mm-hmm. know, like with the Bible in a Year podcast with Father Mike, which is great. Yeah. Um, are we listening to solid Catholic podcasts like this one again? Another little <laughs> push um, that can really help us to grow in our faith and teach us about what our faith is all about and why we believe what we believe. I think that those are really important things to do because, again, we have to nourish our minds so that we can share the faith. Yeah. So This is great, Dave. I mean, thanks. Great, great thoughts, great ideas, a great reflection. Uh, today, our guest is Kelly Walquest. She's going to talk and discuss the importance of a lot of what you talked about today and how her work is trying to specifically help women to find the kind of spiritual nourishment and balance they need to be all the Lord is calling them to be as women and to evangelize the world uh, with their feminine genius. It's going to be great. It's yeah. really an important yeah. message. Looking forward to it. Great, Dave. Thanks for uh, all your thoughts and ideas and reflections. Until next time. Until next time. 
Hey guys, it's Mariama here for Who's That Saint, where I give you three clues on one saint for you to guess before the big reveal. Who's that saint? Clue one. Alive in the fifth century, this saint was born in Africa to a pious mother and an unreligious father. Who's that saint? Let me know. Clue two. After years of wandering away from the faith, this saint had a famous return back to the church after years of his mother praying. All right, guys, let me know. Who is that saint? Have I stumped you yet? I hope so. Clue three. After his reversion and under the influence of fellow great saint, St. Ambrose, this saint was made a priest and then a bishop, whose humility and charity contained in his many writings have elevated him to become a doctor of the church. All right, guys, that was the last clue. Let me know who's that saint. If you guess St. Augustine, then you are correct. St. Augustine is one of the most well-known saints in the Catholic Church. His writings include his famous Confessions and City of God. Like St. Paul, he is a great example of a sinner-turned-saint and should inspire us all to turn our hearts back to God when we have gone astray. For as he said of our need for God, that our hearts are restless until they rest in God. Once he recognized his faulty ways, he made a firm resolve to repent, turn towards God, and embrace the Christian life fully. Is this how we respond after we have sinned and fallen short? Do we come back to the feet of Christ in the sacrament of confession, ask for forgiveness, and begin again with confidence that our Lord has supplied the graces necessary for us to overcome all temptation that may lay ahead of us? These are things that we learn in the life of St. Augustine and we should be emboldened by. So, may we ask through the intercession of St. Augustine for strength to persevere in our Christian faith, for the courage to seek forgiveness when we fall short of the glory of God, and for the confidence that Christ will sustain us with every grace necessary for us to overcome trials and temptations, and that we may become saints like him. St. Augustine, pray for us. Hey everybody, this is Jack, Array of Hope's Director of Music and Audio Production. Welcome back to the Music Corner, where we talk about all things Array of Hope music. Be sure to follow our band on your music streaming platform of choice, because we have a lot of new music in the works and you'll want to be in the loop when we release it. Just search for Array of Hope. As we are reminded in today's podcast episode, you can only give what you've got. Our job as the Array of Hope band is to make sure that the music we are delivering to our audience is engulfed in the love that God has revealed to us. We strive to persevere in faith, hope, and love, and we continuously pray that our studio recordings and live performances radiate the joy that we have in living out our faith. So today, I'm going to share with you yet another unreleased song called Yes, It's You, Lord. The lyrics remind us that it is the Lord who has what we need. It is Jesus who gives us strength to be courageous in witnessing to his goodness. It is the Holy Spirit that fills the void deep in our hearts, causing us to be overwhelmed with divine love. 
So let's pray for one another that what we are giving to the world is Jesus himself through the living of our lives. Here is Yes, It's You, Lord. everybody we got some exciting news we have a whole new array of hope app and channel a video destination where everyone can find meaningful and inspiring videos and resources to help bring them closer to god this is available on your desktop roku apple tv iphones and android mobile phones and tablets this channel has movies short faith-filled segments live events and programs You've got to check it out. Go to your app store and type in Array of Hope. So today, our guest is Kelly Walquist. Uh, I'm super excited to speak with her. She is a dynamic and inspiring Catholic author and speaker. She speaks all over the country. Her specialty is sharing the faith to women. She's actually the founder of an organization called Women in the New Evangelization. And she's also the assistant director for the Archbishop Flynn Catechetical Institute. Let's welcome Kelly Walquist. So, Kelly, uh, it is so nice to meet you and so nice to have a chance to talk with you. And uh, you're doing some big things in the church, and I'm, I'm, we're very excited to get to know you a little bit better. So tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, um, what you were like as a kid, and, and uh, you know, were you a cradle Catholic? Give us a little bit of background and history on, on who Kelly is. Sure, happy to. Um, yes, I was born, I guess I was going to say born and raised Catholic. I guess I was born and then baptized Catholic. And then raised Catholic and kind of your average Catholic kid, you know, went to Catholic schools, did all the, <clears throat> excuse me, average Catholic things, you know, uh, mass on Sunday, holy days, rosary, all, you know, all those things growing up. And then got to college and kind of fell away from my faith and, um, and then kind of got back into my faith and fell away again at the end of college. And I remember I was talking to one of my friends uh, Martha Fernandez Sardina, she was interviewing me one day and she's, I was explaining my faith journey. You know, I said, you know, I got to college. I kind of moved away from my faith, even though I was at a, as a, at a Catholic college. And then when I got engaged, we were back, we found ourselves back at church because we had to go through marriage prep. Right. You know, and then when we, and then kind of fell away from my faith again after we got married. And then when we had our first child, we were back at church again, you know, so because we we're going for the baptism classes. And Martha just started laughing and she said, honey, you are what we call match, hatch, and dispatch. Mm-hmm. You know, you you come to church when you're getting married, you come to church when you hatch a kid, and you come to church, you know, for the dispatch when you go to funerals. And I thought, oh my goodness, that yeah. really was kind of my faith journey growing yeah. up. You know, it kind of, I was like that. However. Um, God, infinitely perfect, you know, and blessed himself as this plan of sheer goodness, and he's always drawing us close to him. And so one uh, evening when my girls, I have three children, two girls and a boy, they're, you know, much older now, but when they were in grade school, one was in pre-K and the other one was in kindergarten. And my son was just 10 months old, just little. And I went to the back to school night. So it's where you go and you 
uh, you know, volunteer for things, you know, for all the, throughout the whole year. Sure, sure. And so, yeah, you know, it's so my husband knowing me <laughs> as I walked out the door, I said, don't volunteer for everything, you know. And I didn't. I just volunteered for the Cranberry Fest and the Epiphany Party and, and the mother-daughter uh, trip and the to chair the gala and the golf tournament. And I mean, I volunteered for so much. And as I was walking out, my friend Nicole had a Bible study all laid out. And it was really cool. And I caught my attention because it was color-coded. And so I walked over and I was looking at this Bible study. And she said, you have to do this Bible study. This is a Bible study by my friend, Jeff Cavins. It's incredible. You've got to do it. And I, I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know. And I looked and it said 24 weeks. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm 24. like, I can't commit to 24 weeks. That's crazy. <laughs> right. And then, you know, and then she said, well, you know, we're actually going to do it once a month. I'm like, okay. I'm like, that's two years. You know, that's, that's like the gestational period of an elephant. I, I, there's no way I'm going <laughs> to, I can't commit to two years or something. And she just said, oh, you have to do it. Cause if you sign up, everyone will sign up. And I said, Nicole, you know, Andy will kill me if I volunteer for one more thing. And so I didn't sign up. I actually left. And the next day I got a phone call and it was with my friend Josie who said, Kelly, we saw you signed up for this Bible study. So 40 of us women signed up. I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me call you back. <laughs> and I called Nicole and she didn't even say hello. She just answered with, just hear me out, you know? Right, right. And she gave me all these really, really great reasons why I should be in a Bible study. Really great reasons. And, you know, obviously for me to grow in my relationship with the Lord, to know my faith, to raise my children in the faith, the kids mm -hmm. were at a Catholic school. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, really good reasons. And it was her last sentence that sealed the deal because she said, and we have free childcare. And I said, praise God. <laughs> I'm in. Praise God. I'm in. You know what I mean? At that time, <laughs> I was great. like, I don't care what book we're reading. Yeah. You know, I just, you know, and, and Jeff Cavins, who's now a, a very good friend of mine, uh, you know, it's a, a quote of his. And he says that, you know, God gives us what we need wrapped in what we want. Right. You know, I needed a deeper relationship with the Lord. I wanted mm. adult conversations. I wanted, you know, I was at home all day, every day with three little children. Yeah. And so I just really wanted that fellowship. Yeah. Well, I got a double dose of all of it, you know? And so um, that was, I don't know how many years ago, 17 years ago. Yeah. And at that moment, 18 years ago, maybe um, my life changed. I, I fell in love with scripture and I, and I ended up working with Jeff Cavins then um, for many years. We still work together, mm -hmm. but I ended up becoming the director of community relations for the great adventure for the Bible timeline and went around the country then teaching people how to put on a good, solid Catholic Bible study. So that's kind of the backstory yeah, yeah. about 17 years ago. <laughs> that, that's great. I mean, uh, I, I think that story is common amongst a lot of Catholics where we're kind of early on waving in and out and we have some faith and then we lose our faith and we go to college, that kind of stuff. But, you know, I always tell uh, my friends and colleagues that, you know, there are no accidents. So you just ran into this person who kind of invited you to this uh, opportunity to learn about God, you know, through a Bible study. It seemed that you had acquired a deep love for scripture. Uh, maybe you can kind of share um, how God was reaching you through scripture, how he was speaking to you through his word. Oh, absolutely. And you're so right. I mean, everything he, he does for a purpose. And so he did use Nicole uh, 
um, inviting me and then in a sneaky way signing me up. Right. We, we, <laughs> right. To this to this day, we laugh about that because she is like the kindest, most humble, gentle soul you could ever meet. And she's like, Kelly, I can't believe I did that. She's like, that is so not me. That was the Holy Spirit. You yes. know? And then like kind of nudged her to do it. And it, I will tell you within week one of getting into the scripture and understanding the story of salvation history, I mean, just even in, just in Genesis and seeing it all come together and then seeing where we fit in the story, it's it's a game changer. It is a it's a huge game changer when you realize that God is speaking to you through yeah. through sacred scripture. You know, I mean, in prayer we speak to God in scripture, He's speaking right to us. And and the more we can get into that, um, the more we grow in our love for the Lord, the more we grow in love with our faith. And I think with the Great Adventure, the Bible timeline, um, that's what Jeff Cavins does is he really, he shows you the story of salvation history, you know? So you, you go through the Bible reading the narrative books, you know, so you're, you're, you're following the people and you're seeing, because, you know, the Bible is a library. So there are different types of literature in there and you can start reading and you can be in Genesis and then Exodus and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, you know, where Donny Osmond and the Technicolor Dreamcolor Coat go? Where'd they go? What is, what is this stuff about, you know, pig blood or what, you know, you're like, what? You're in, and you're in Leviticus and you're yeah. like, what is this? But when you, what they, what they do that really um, solidified my love for, for sacred scripture was you follow the narrative and then you see where those books come in. You see where Leviticus, Leviticus comes in, you know? And uh, so I just immersed myself in that. And then in doing that, you want to live it. Right. So yeah. um, I'm a nurse by trade. I was a nursing supervisor uh, when I started working with Jeff for the great adventure. And I, uh, so I actually, ended up letting that career go and just realized God had a, a different plat, a path for me. And as I was traveling around the country, helping people put on Bible studies and teach them how to organize and run a good Catholic Bible study, uh, I I saw a common denominator. <laughs> and, and I saw it a lot in women because a lot of the times it was the women who were the ones behind the scenes organizing, getting everything together. And so I would talk to these women wherever I'd go, you know, maybe I was giving a women's um, conference or a, a retreat. I would be in like Des Moines one week and doing a women's retreat. And these women had run a retreat for 10 years. They, they had it down. They had the hospitality, the organization, they had the prayer, they had registration. They knew what they were doing in you know, decorations, all of it. And then two weeks later, I'd be in, you know, Sacramento and doing a women's retreat. And it would, the group of women running it, it was their first time. And they were just reinventing the wheel. Hmm. And I, I, I realized, I was like, you know, you need to talk to the women in Des Moines because they got this down, you know, and we, we're too busy. We shouldn't be reinventing the wheel. So that's kind of, that was really put on my heart to connect all these women and all their giftedness. Mm -hmm. And even the women out there who are speaking, who are singing, who are teaching, I just thought there's so much giftedness. There's so many beautiful charisms that the Lord has given us that we need to unite this all together yeah. and just elevate it and yeah, elevate yeah. women in their gift. And from that um, uh, came a lot of prayer. Uh, actually, the when Pope Francis had called for a deeper, more profound theology of women. One day he was on an airplane and he gave one of his impromptu, uh, you know, interviews. And that's what he had, he had said. We need a deeper, more profound theology of women. And I thought, wow, 
what is he asking of us? Because we got a we have a deep theology of women, you know, in the in the history of the church. And when you look at the saints and the some of the doctors of the church and the Blessed Mother, um, but he, he's calling for deeper, more profound. And so I called together uh, twenty of my friends who are all around the country. They all run big ministries or apostolates, or and I said I invited them to our our lake house for a weekend of just coming together and praying about what the Lord is asking us through as the vicar. And they're so busy that I thought, you know, three would show up and 17. <laughs> so we had 17 of us and we just spent the weekend in deep prayer. And we left there with intentional prayer. We all had a holy hour. We were praying about this. We knew a little direction. We didn't know exactly where we were going, but we knew we were being called to something. And in my prayer, what I heard in the next six months was whereas the Lord said to St. Francis, rebuild my church, <laughs> I was hearing, heal my body. The body of Christ is battered, bruised, and broken. And I need you as women working in these beautiful gifts I've given you in your womanhood to be receptive, to be generous, to be maternal, you know, to uh, be sensitive because it, didn't, it doesn't matter if we have physically given birth or not, we're all endowed with these gifts as women. The, yeah. John Paul II called him the feminine genius, right? That's right. And so that that's what I was hearing in my heart. And from that came wine. Yeah, I, I, actually, is, that was the next question I was going to ask you. It's <laughs> like, you know, when I was reading a little bit about you, and I, I knew that you had started this apostolate, wine, women and the new evangelization. and, and Women that's, in the new evangelization, new, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think... Uh, you you just so beautifully share the 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 beginning of of that. So maybe you could talk about you know uh, your work with that organization and and what its mission is. Absolutely. So wine, women in the new evangelization, isn't about the wine we drink. Although it is a fun name, isn't <laughs> Although it? Although it attracts I mean, people to the names. And boy, this is kind of cool. What is she talking about? You it know? is. It's a good name, and it we is. prayed long and hard about that too because. I wish I could take credit for it. I really can't. I was I was on a beach actually having a glass of wine with a, a little nun, Sister Kathleen. And uh, we were just sitting at a, a restaurant on the beach in Florida. And I was telling her all this. And she is just evangelization. She's like five foot two and just exudes, you know, joy and evangelization. She's just amazing. And I was explaining to her that God had put this on my heart. And I wanted to unite women and to teach them the truth of their dignity and their vocation, to elevate them in their giftedness so that we could go out and share the gospel with joy. And I said, and I want to call it something like women in the new evangelization. And she said, well, call it that. And I said, sister, that's a mouthful. And she said, no, it's not. It's wine. I was like, oh, you're brilliant. <laughs> you know. So we, we really, I, we prayed long about that too. I mean, it is a good name. It's not about the wine we drink. However, it really takes its roots in sacred scripture. And we see it in the Gospel of John at the very first miracle that begins our Lord on his public ministry at the wedding of Cana. And it, it really stems from John 2, 5. And it's Mary's final words in sacred scripture. The last words she says are recorded words. And, and they're to us as well. And what she says is she says to the servants, do whatever he tells you. So wine, women in the new evangelization, is truly about doing the will of God. We just contend that as women, we are radically relational. And as such, it is easier to do God's will when we're supported, encouraged, nurtured with our, by our sisters in Christ. So but that's what wine is. Wine began in 2014 
Um, and it's a national, actually, I guess we can say international, since we do a lot of stuff in Italy and we've got the military um, with us too, and they're stationed all over all over the world, uh, but a national, international uh, Catholic women's ministry wow. that invites women into relationship with other women so we can go deeper in our relationship with the Lord. And it really is about being a disciple of Jesus and going out and sharing him with others and giving people that renewed um, confidence, conviction, and hope in sharing the gospel. And it, I have to tell you, there's, it is made up of some of the most joy-filled women. Just And they've suffered a lot, but they've suffered with Jesus. But the women who do this are just dedicated. So we have what wine has done since the very beginning is we've had a virtual vineyard, uh, which is helpful for us now and what we're experiencing these days. But we have a virtual vineyard in that we have book clubs all around the country, but we run them virtually as well. So you can do a book club in your house and then join with hundreds and thousands of women all around on uh, you know, on the internet, which is great because you get all these great sharing and conversations. And the reason we did that is because it kind of stems back to my day when I went to the uh, back to school night and I looked at that Bible study and I said, 24 weeks, are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, okay, what, what keeps women from doing something? Okay, number one is time. You know, we figure I don't have time. I don't have the time. Like I was thinking, I don't have 24 weeks. Well, now look at, Look how many weeks have gone by in the last 17 years that I've been immersed in the scripture. So I have a lot more than than 24 weeks. The point being, if you love something, you're going to make time for it. You know, I think if you if you can go bowling every Wednesday night for 40 years, you know, you can you can get together with a group of your sisters in Christ and do you know have like faith sharing or uh, so we did the book clubs and we took great Catholic solid books with solid teaching and we added to them we added a a journal to each one and we added lexio divina so in everything we do we teach people how to prayerfully pray with scripture Um, we say that there's four characteristics with wine the first one is sisterhood you know anything you come to if it's a our women wine and wisdom evening events or our wine conferences or our wine retreats or our book clubs or even our website, catholicvineyard.com, it doesn't matter if the women are 18 or 98. They all say the same thing. They say, I feel like I belong. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you do, (laughs) you do. Our second characteristic is scripture and prayer. We, uh, We, everything is drenched in scripture and prayer. So much so that even our Kleenex, on our little Kleenex that we give out at our retreats is Second Kings 20, verse five. You know, thus says the Lord, I have, I have seen your tears. I have heard your prayers. Behold, I now heal you. So we're always putting scripture into everything we do. Our third characteristic is the, the aha moments of the faith. We really want people to discover the beauty of our Catholic faith. And I think that's, that's powerful. When you discover something, you're so much more apt to run and share it, as opposed to when you're told something, you know, we're told like, you must do this. When you discover the beauty of why we do what we do, you're like, oh my goodness. And you want to, you want to share that. And then our fourth characteristic we always say is beauty or chocolate, depends on what's in the room. But, but God really draws us in with, with that beauty. So it's been a, it's been powerful. It's a nonprofit ministry really run by the generosity of people who become members um, and, and, and also just by people who donate, uh, people who just give up their time and their That's prayers. Great. It's wonderful. So, 
Yeah, it's been fun. That's good. It's, it's busy. <laughs> at KCL, it's great. Well, you know, it's uh, evangelization and ministry is very, uh, very overwhelmingly busy, right? It um, is. Uh, I wanted to, uh, you said something, uh, the feminine genius. Maybe you can kind of share with us, you know, the idea of the attributes uh, and a vocation of a woman and, and how she can use her, uh, uh, her gifts to evangelize the culture. Absolutely. And I think that's really, really important. It's, it's, I'm glad you, you bring that up too, because it really is the essence of wine is tapping into those, not just tapping into the gifts, knowing the gifts and rejoicing in the gifts and rejoicing in, in your the differences that we have between the sexes, between men and women. We are to say that, you know, women have a gift of sensitivity, generosity, receptivity. Um, that doesn't say that men don't have those things. It just says that this is really uh, profound in women. You know, there's also also a masculine genius. My my friend and colleague, uh, Dr. Deborah Savage, has a phenomenal paper where she took John Paul the Great and went even deeper into the masculine genius and shows the complementarity between men and women. And that's what I think is super important that we as women uh, recognize those gifts and rejoice in them. You know, we're all created relational. We're created in we're created in, in relationship, right? We're created in the relationship of father, son, and spirit to one day, God willing, return back to that most perfect familial relationship. Uh, we just contend, I contend, I would say, or wine, that as women, we're created radically relational. And mm. I actually, I don't say that just because, you know, women can, you know, be standing in line in the bathroom and start talking to another woman. And now that woman's her best friend for life. You know I mean? I know, but I, I say it because we see it in sacred scripture. We see it in Genesis. Adam, man, is oriented toward work. And it's good because it's how, it's in order right now. And that's how God created him. God puts Adam to sleep, takes a rib from Adam's side. And the word in Hebrew is banah. He builds Eve. And bana means to, um, you know, has Hebrew words usually have a lot of different meanings, and then there's like one core root word meaning of that. So bana, meaning to build, also means to have an intuitive knowledge into the things of God. So Hebrew scholars believe that since woman was bana, she was given a double dose of this, this intuitive knowledge into the things of God, this, this women's intuition or this spirituality, woman's spirituality. So God Eve, Eve awakens, and what's her first thing Eve sees? It's God. But what's her first orientation? It is to Adam. It's to relationship. And so as women, when we see that and we recognize that we're created for relationship, we can then embrace those beautiful gifts. And, and like I keep saying, I keep saying rejoice in them. And the beauty of that and beauty of wine, women in the new evangelization, is that then we also rejoice in the gifts of our sisters and elevate them. And when we talk about elevating women in the church, there's no one who's more elevated. I'm not talking to, you know, more any disciple. Let's take that. There's no disciple more elevated in our church than the Blessed Mother. And, um, you know, she's the perfection of what we want to become. And so, as as disciples of Jesus, you know we want to we want to obviously emulate Christ, but we want to emulate her as she was a disciple of His. And so when we even look at the relationship, one of the key things in wine we you know draw a lot of inspiration from is the visitation, because we see what Mary does. I, I see it as the perfect 
example of how we evangelize, how we bring Jesus to another. You know, she is overshadowed with the Holy Spirit. She is <laughs> overcome with the Holy Spirit. Right. She And she goes in haste to Elizabeth. And, you know, we think about, oh, that's really nice. She went to help her out. Well, of course she went to help her out. You know, we, you know she knows Elizabeth is pregnant. The angel told her. Um, but you have to think, well, Mary, I mean, she needed Elizabeth too, because look at her predicament. Mm-hmm. You know, young girl wakes up one morning, there's an angel in the room, tells her she's <laughs> going to conceive, you know, she's yeah. going to have a son. He's going to be a king in the line of David. His yeah. kingdom will never end. Yeah, he's, right. he's God. <laughs> that's a big morning for a teenager, right? Yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, that's a lot to take in. And, but, and who's going to believe her when she goes to the playground and says, well, here's the thing. No, I'm pregnant. It was by the Holy Spirit. I'm giving birth to God. You know, she knows Elizabeth is going to believe her. She knows because she knows Elizabeth is with child. She knows there's another miracle happening. And so the beauty of that is when Mary reaches Elizabeth, and this is where I think women can truly learn how it is we should evangelize. When she reaches her, the very first thing that comes forth from her is pure joy. It's She can't contain it. She just can't contain it. It comes out in her song. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And that's what we need to do. We need to be so in love with the Lord that when we, we can bring him to other people and we do it with joy so that they look at you and they're like, what has she got? Yeah, I want what she what has. What is that? I want what she has, right. you know? Yeah. you know. And, and the beauty of that too is Elizabeth, this beautiful spiritual mother, look at how she receives her young cousin. You know, she's not like, oh, you've got to be kidding. I have been so good, so righteous my whole life and she gets to carry the Christ? Not at all. You know, she's not. She's she's rejoicing in the gifts of her sister, of her, you know, her her beautiful cousin, her kinswoman here, and not cutting her down, not comparing herself to her, nothing, you know, but just they just share in this cheerful humility. And uh, I think that's that's really what I think is key in evangelization, especially for women and women in the new evangelization, is that we're we're not competing, we're complimenting, right. you know, and so, and that's what we need to do. So if you're part of wine, let me tell you, if you ladies out there listening to this podcast, mm. um, we have, we have a saying at wine and it's called being voluntold because <laughs> we just like, if we find that you've got a gift for something, oh my goodness, you are going to be elevated. Like you wouldn't believe. And, and it's, it's wonderful to watch all these gifts come together. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a real pleasure sharing uh, this time with you. Well, thank you. It's been wonderful being here, and I appreciate the time. I appreciate any opportunity to share the message, uh, the good news of the gospel, and I want to encourage your listeners to come and join us at catholicvineyard.com. Right on. Great. Enjoy that wine. Well, we've come yet to another end of our podcast. I'm so glad you joined us today. It was really a lot of fun, and we all learned, I'm sure. I want to remind you, please share this podcast with others. Let everybody know about what we're doing. I want to thank our donors and our supporters. You can become part of the Array of Hope family by going to our donation page on our website at arrayofhope.net. Our social media department is creating amazing daily reflections through music, videos, and graphics, and you should follow us if you haven't already done so. In times when social media can be very negative or maybe used in a negative way, we are trying to send out positive and healing messages daily. Also, we pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet every day on Instagram at 3 p.m., so please join us as we pray. Our guest next time will be Christopher Stefanik. He is certainly one of the most prolific speakers in our church today. 
you got to check this out. So thanks again for joining us today. And there's always a reason for hope. This is Mario Costabile. Until next time, peace. Peace.